June 4th is the anniversary of Tiananmen Square Massacre. 33 years later, all voices in China and Hong Kong are muted. The young students on the Tiananmen Square are now in their 50s. What the world has learned from a 33-year nightmare. And the feature story is about the two renowned exiles from Hong Kong today. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Yeah, today we today is the 33 anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. For those of you who know about that, it's you know, can you believe it? It's, it's already very, so so far far ago, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why we want to bring you this story as American, why do we care about that? Why do we care so much about that? Because that's what it what a communism would unfold, and uh, we want to avoid our future like that. And the, the, the way is to understand what is going on now. Yeah, and actually our feature story, uh, who, uh, which are for, about the two renowned exiles from Hong Kong who resides in Taiwan now, they will tell us why indeed it is so important for not only Hong Kongers, Chinese people, Taiwanese, but the whole world to commemorate this anniversary and uh, what's the significance to everybody. Yep. So back in uh, uh, 33 years ago, and I, both Kathy and I, we were, you know, college student in Shanghai. I, I was in my junior. I think Kathy is in your sophomore, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where the student uh, movement um, happened, okay? And just before the June 4th Tiananmen massacre, there's a lot of students in Beijing who just bike, you know, they just bike to the Tiananmen Square. Uh, that's the most convenient way to travel. And uh, there's this one particular student who, who, who just uh, have this um, you know, red ribbon, uh, ribbon uh, tied up uh, around his forehead, his head, and then riding a, a bike pretty happily you know, uh, on, on his way to the uh, Tiananmen Square. There's this BBC reporter, okay, a cameraman, uh, sort of riding along with him and asked him, so, so, so why are you going to go there? So he answered that, uh, I think it's my duty. I think it's my duty. So that particular footage become now well-known all across China. Okay, many, many people see this guy is saying that. I think it's my duty. And um, so it's my duty. This sentence become a, how to say, um, a common way of express oneself to commemorate the, um, the, the Tiananmen Square massacre now. Mm -hmm. So last night, okay, at the midnight, there's so many um, web users in China, we call that web surfers. Okay, they were just typing up there, so this is my duty, it's my duty. And some people, they just, uh, just concatenated so many, you know, just a bike uh, meme, right? Mm -hmm. Bike meme, just uh, hundreds of bikes just posted there as their way to commemorate this massacre. Because in China, you cannot mention a word about June 4th. Yeah, even June 4th, this word is censored. Yeah. So people have to think of other ways to, to go, express yeah. June 4th. To go around it. It's not like you mentioned that they're going to break the door and arrest you. Whatever you mention cannot even show that there. doesn't show at all because all this algorithm was filtered them out. So last night, people start to, a lot of people start to type, it's my duty, or post a bike there, and the, the sensory machine just fully spinning there and, and just delete them. So when... when web user was writing there, you delete and I'll post again. It's because it's my duty. Okay, mm -hmm. another user said, it's my duty. You delete one, I have another one for you. But uh, however, 
in front in front of the machine, right? The machine eventually delete them all in uh, ten short minutes. So before the one o'clock in the morning of the June fourth in Beijing, all those were disappeared from China's Weibo. Weibo is just like like their their version of Twitter's. Okay, Twitter. All right. So that's what happened in 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 China in Beijing. Okay,、mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. Starting the year on that very year, nineteen eighty nine, on this Victoria Park, there's a big、um, you know football, there's a, a big lawn, and tens of thousands of people. Sometimes as many as like a three hundred thousand people gather there every every year at this time, and just lit there you know a little candle, or later on with their phone and turn on the flashlight, they're just waving there.、Uh, it's like a you know a sea of lights. So that has been the You know, classic commemoration, the largest scale about the June Fourth student,、uh, uh, the massacre of the student <coughs> in the world. So Hong Kong remembers Beijing. That's pretty much the situation there. Yeah, you see on the screen right now. You see that's the all the years of the candle vigil light in Victoria Park,、yeah. and you can see the last one, last one at the 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 right left right corner. They have the less people there.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's last. You know, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. The year before two thousand twenty, the you know much fewer people there.、Mm-hmm. And the, the you know this year it should be the same as last year because yeah,、so、they are is, not allowed. Yeah, this is what we see. You know what is absurd is this. Okay, the police closed down the entire Victoria Park, and、uh, the main area. Okay, the football. The basketball,、um, you know, court, and also the the center, the central lawn, and then they will close it for more than like twenty four hours. They won't open until、um, June fifth on Sunday, in the early morning. And then police said,、uh, if you do not have a permit, you cannot assembly. So this reporter was asking the police, so how about I just go there by myself? Okay, I just hold a candle by myself. Is that illegal? The police said this. If you do that that way, and some other people were doing the same thing, then you are illegal. Can you can you understand that? I was doing that by myself, and that person happened to do the same thing. That become an illegal assembly. Okay, even the police said even a person just go there to himself and just have a live broadcasting out there. That's the same as、uh, illegal assembly. So this is what Hong Kong has become. So completely, they just completely just、uh, mute all the voice and wipe clean the Victoria Park. And a thirty-three year, you know, tradition break now, and uh, you know, uh, it, and on social media, people are saying that the candlelight, the candlelight is out at the Victoria Park. So th- there's a there's a few people, okay, renowned, how to say,、uh, dissident, okay, and the, virtually all of them that、uh, Kathy and I know them well. One person is Fang Zheng, right?、Mm-hmm. Fang Zheng is the young student who was in his senior. And he's an athlete. He was、uh, his major is、uh, sports. He lost both of his legs because the tank rolled him, <coughs> rolled by him, and then so he's. This is what he said. So yeah, this is you can you cannot see his leg right because it's gone. That on the left is his wife, and、uh, he said Hong Kong is where we think the hope is. Now the candlelight、um, candlelight in the Victoria Park is out, and then even the. June Fourth Memorial Museum cannot exist in Hong Kong. We gotta take it over. We gotta extend the memory of the June Fourth. We gotta find a new place to ex- to extend life. He said, if we chose to choose silence, if we don't speak, then the right of speaking will be owned by the Chinese Communist Party 
and this is what they wish, you know, wish for. Another student uh, leader back then is, uh, is Wang Dan, okay, and he's from Beijing University. He said that this is 33 years, you know, long, okay, but for a country with a 1.4 billion people, if there's no people who is willing to hold on for 30 or 50 years, hold on to his position, then what kind of country is this? Someone has to hold on to the ideals. Then what particularly touched me is, is this story of this uh, student. His name is called Tang Kai. Okay, Tang Kai was uh, from university in the in the, in the Shenzhen University, and uh, he, you know, he told his story to Voice of America about when he, you know, how he have to flee Beijing and got arrested in Shenzhen University, got ascended to a you know the the, the highest guarded jail in China, and then after his release. He's you know, harassed by police for 30 years until three years ago. He and his family was able to flee China and come to the U.S. So he applied for a political asylum. He found a job to driving, you know, deliver goods for Amazon. All right. Every day is very, a lot of work, okay? A lot of work, but he feels so happy. This is the original word. I want to read it to you. After I came to the U.S., I realized, I realized how pleasant it is without the police harassing me every day. I never thought I would be this happy by leaving, after leaving China. If I were to know this, I would have lived, you know, left China way, you know, way earlier. So, you know, how you feel about this, right? The freedom to us is just, just like, you know, the air. Like air, yeah. We don't, we don't feel it, you know, freedom, really, right? So this is the people, you know, this is Tang Kai, the gentleman Tang Kai. He's, uh, you know, he's the voice from his heart. And, uh, so now I, I still want to remind you, after June 4th, the, the West have a censorship of, of the CCP. Uh, but soon after, the George, George, George W. Bush, right? George W. Bush sent people to the, the old Bush, you know, sent someone to China and to see Deng Xiaoping and said, we do not interfere with your internal affairs. What does that mean? It means that you kill your people, nothing to do with us. Okay, so after that, all the other countries follow suit. They went back to China and they do business. Twelve years later, <clears throat> they send CCP, send China into WTO, and the, and the CCP started, uh, you know, ascend, you know, ascension since then, and until today. Now China is being able to, how to say, um, they show their power in South China Sea, they show their power in, you know, in the south, in in, in the southern Pacific Ocean, right? And China is uh, waging the, you know, the global, how to say, I won't say campaign, it's just uh, going against the U.S. globally. It's a threatened the very, you know, the world order that the U.S. established and even, you know, threatened the way of life in this country. And uh, fortunately now, the U.S. has uh, awakened. Finally, the United States realized that, you know, the true nature of the CCP, they never changed. They want to take over the world. No matter how obedient they were, the only reason is to is to conceive, um, the deceit, yeah, deceive the um, the opponent, and grab all the technology and the know-how until they become strong. And when they are strong, they are true. They will show their true face. So this is basically the you know the situation is after thirty-three years. Mm -hmm. What I want to share with you is uh, you know thirty-three years is not a short time, right? World War. Two is only what, like uh, five years, right? World War Two, uh, World War One, 
you know, to everybody. The U.S. is only two years. This is 33 years. It's a very, very long time. And the people persist through. It's like 12,045 days. So today we want to remind you about how people feel about that. By all means, we want to avoid that kind of future for the United States of America. All right, so let's come to the feature story. Yeah, so as we see, you know, in China, in Hong Kong, the voices to commemorate, commemorate the anniversary of June 4th are all muted. Um, then the voices actually came out louder from Taiwan, from other parts of the world. So that's what we, um, you know, people excelled from Hong Kong, what, how they feel. So that here's the story I wanted to uh, bring to you, and also especially how they think why not only Asian, you know, Chinese people, Hong Kongers, Taiwanese people should commemorate this anniversary, but they feel it's so much important for Americans, for the rest of the world to commemorate, uh, commemorate this, and uh, here's why. So first, Let's um, yeah show you. You you can see this um, red giant. Okay, so this is a three meter tall red giant, which was part of the July first, two thousand thirteen protest in Hong Kong. And today, this red giant is in the Chiang Kai Sek Memorial Hall in Taipei, Taiwan as part of an exhibition to commemorate the 33rd anniversary of the June 4th Tiananmen Massacre. Who is the author? The author uh, is um, called uh, Casey Wong. He's the, a... F the creator. Yeah, creator, mm -hmm. yes. The creator who is a former assistant professor at the Hong Kong Polytech, in the, at the Polytech University. And he's a visual art artist. So he brought this piece of artwork with him when he moved to Taiwan um, last year. Okay, and so literally uh, that move is is a flee, right? Well, he fled, but he said he left Hong Kong. Is he was not? You know, he envisioned how you know he could be uh, mute. You know, persecuted mm -hmm. by the authority. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, and uh, Casey Wang used to be a professional art architect. And in the past 10 years, he created lots of uh, visual and the performance art, um, satirizing the Chinese Communist government's operation of Hong Kong, and participated in the June 4th anniversaries, July 1st protests, march, and the anti-extradition movement in Hong Kong for many times. Casey Wong was invited to a TED Talk in Vietnam in 2019, where he talked about the anti-extradition movement in Hong Kong at that time, which is a very hot topic. So Casey Wong told me the creative idea of this red giant was originated from the Japanese comic Attack of Titan. So why he picked up this idea for protesting the Chinese Communist government's oppression back in Hong Kong, and why and what the message he wishes to express through this piece of artwork in commemorating the June 4th anniversary today. It is a warning in the story of the attack of Titan, the Japanese manga, that uh, this giant 
Nobody believes that's giants, but after 100 years, it start showing up, knock down the city wall and start eating up people. So I think if we look at the history of uh, how the West relationship with uh, communist China in the past 20 years, you know, at first they are like fairly friendly, trying to use up their um, cheap labor. And then in the past 10 years, then they start to realize, uh, wait a minute, you know, they're stealing our technologies, they're infiltrating our, our society, and eventually uh, influencing our politics and our system, taking away our freedom and democracy. So I think in a way it's kind of similar to that story and it's easily understood. And that's why I've chosen the Red Giants. And I think uh, to put it in to ship it from Hong Kong and to exhibit it in Taiwan by me have another narrative because it represents like the fall of Hong Kong, right? When we look at uh, what happened during 2014 movement and also 2019 movement and the passing of the national security law in Hong Kong, the freedom and the limited democracy of Hong Kong got totally wiped out by this red giant. And this red giant is uh, definitely coming to Taiwan. I mean, a few days ago, there's like 30 communist planes flew into the airspace of Taiwan, and, and Taiwan is constantly under the, under this military threat. So I think the artwork plays a role in a way to serve as a as a warning, and also it's kind of like a message uh, to warn the people of uh, Taiwan. And the reason why the world should be continue watching Hong Kong is, is Hong Kong kind of represent a Western uh, city in the Eastern continent. And uh, to watch it fall rapidly within a few years uh, is definitely a warning to the rest of the world. So we must be prepared. So Hong Kong had been holding the candlelight vigil to commemorate the anniversary of June 4th at the Victoria Park for over 30 years, with hundreds of thousands of people attending. But this year is the second year that the event is just totally banned by the authority. To Casey Wong, how does he think of the significance of uh, still commemorating this anniversary today? I think this year is spe uh, specifically uh, important. This year is the June 4th commemoration, 33rd uh, anniversary. And as you said, it's totally impossible to commemorate in Hong Kong. I remember back in 2021, when I was still in Hong Kong, I tried to um, check out the area around Victoria Park during the daytime on June 3rd, they already have like a lot of police all in uh, anti-riot uniform hiding around Victoria Park. And if they see anybody uh, looking suspicious, like me, like wearing a black t-shirt, like today I'm wearing the, the June 4th t-shirt, right? And then they will storm out and stop you and harass you and copy your Hong Kong identity card number. So this year, the police of Hong Kong already sent out a public warning, warning anybody that even if you are alone 
by yourself. Uh, and if you're kind of caught near the proximity of Victoria Park, you know, then they can you know, arrest you uh, based on that. You are being, being influenced by maybe the internet, influenced by somebody. So, so, so the kind of national security law right now in Hong Kong is, is an ever-expanding law. It becomes almost like a weapon to punish the freedom of uh, Hong Kong people. So for me, this year is very important because I can not only publicly uh, participate in the commemoration rally on the night of June 4th in Taipei, in the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall, but also I can participate in an art exhibition that talks about the spirit of resistance without any hindrance or threat or worrying that police will bust into my home 5 a.m. in the morning. So I think this is a total blessing by coming to Taiwan. So to Casey Wang, what, is, uh, what does that mean to participate this uh, exhibition? Because this exhibition, the title, the theme is uh, The Transformation of Resistance. The transformation of resistance, in a way, talks about being suppressed. And I think in many, many ways that um, Hong Konger, of course, is one of those who are being suppressed now. But we, as Hong Konger, also gave great concerns to the people of China when they were being suppressed back in 1989 during the Tiananmen Square, and we continuously commemorate this event for more than 30 years. This year is the 33rd. What's that mean? We share the same destiny. We're the entity of the same destiny. That is to say, Hong Konger, people of Xinjiang, brothers and sisters of Xizang, we are together in spirit fighting against authoritarian government fighting against this ever-expanding power called Chinese Communist Party. So I think, I think that is a big difference comparing to, let's say, 10 years ago, right? When you have this commemoration kind of only happening in the Victoria Park in Hong Kong. And then, of course, you have small pockets of uh, gathering abroad. But I think this year, since Hong Kong no longer commemorate officially, then it becomes like a blooming of the wildflower, but globally. Um, I heard that there is more than 20 somewhat cities around the world right now this year commemorating the June 4th um, um, massacre. And of course, with uh, thousands and thousands of Hong Kongers uh, the, uh, leaving Hong Kong due to political reasons. Many of them are leaving for UK in the second tier, third tier cities. You know, so so there's a lot of uh, communities are being set up right now in abroad. So of course they're going to bring their values and their culture with them, and one of that is to commemorate June Fourth. So I think I think this year is a, is kind of a, a key keystone year, a marking the transition 
of a local event into a global event. So um, a lot of uh, the uh, Hong Kongers did fly to other countries. So one of them, Sangpu, Mr. Sangpu, who is a former political commentator and a columnist in Hong Kong, he was a lawyer by training. He also immigrated to Taiwan last year after the passage of the Hong Kong National Security Law. He is currently the chairman of the Taiwan Hong Kong Association. He said a lot of his friends who are part of the organize, organizer of the candlelight vigil in Victoria Park are still in jail. So what is Mr. Sampu's thought at this 33rd anniversary? 33 years away from the 1989 June 4th massacre incident. Uh, however, our hearts are the same. Uh, we face the same threat, okay? Because CCB has not changed. What has been changed is some of the perceptions towards CCP, okay? Some people outside CCP may have different perceptions towards CCP, but I think the core of the CCP has not changed at all, okay? So when you look back on the CCP 1989 June 4th massacre, you will know that whenever there, there are protests or whenever there will be some confrontation with the to challenge the power and the status of CCP regime, CCP will use every means to crush them. Okay. So we need to stand firm on our values and we need to play very, and we also need to be very courageous in some moments, like what you see in 2000 and 2019, when there are so many Hong Kongers fighting for their freedom and fighting for their autonomy, you will see that that has been a sea change of the whole mentality of Hong Kong people. Although today many Hong Kong people, many Hong Kongers and many Taiwanese do not regard themselves as Chinese nationals, frankly speaking, no. But the key is, although we have different identity recognition, we still see CCP as the same threat and their more serious challenge to the international order, as Blinken said. Huh? So it's the most serious long-term challenge to the international order and to the whole mankind. And what we say, like what Mike Pompeo has said, CCP is evil. So we need to stand firm on this statement and to make sure that okay, we use uh, effective tactics to counteract against CCP's infiltration and their also their warfare against the, society, uh, the whole world. So from Sampu's point of view, why correctly view June 4th, uh, this massacre, is important for Americans and for the rest of the world? The June 4th massacre is only one incident that CCP shows its real self. When you look back in the history of CCP, there's so many things that we need to know and also we need to grasp. And um, this is only one incident to make sure that we, we are not only memorizing the lost lives in CCP in the June 4th massacre, but also anti-totalitarianism, anti-autocracy, anti-authoritarianism, and anti this kind of hegemony of CCP against the whole world. And that is the key message that we need to 
that everyone knows. Okay, regardless of the left-right uh, controversies in uh, America, I think what we need to focus is anti-CCP proposition. If this proposition can work well, I think, uh, and also we need to put this into our life and to make sure that we will need to do every means, even small bits, to do the right thing. Okay, so I encourage everyone in every country, like in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in America, in Canada, in Australia, in the UK, to use your own ways to uh, to commemorate and also uh, to uh, commemorate this incident and to launch different activities. So um, what to commemorate at this anniversary? And uh, how does this relate to the United States and the rest of the world? When we commemorate the June 4th uh, uh, massacre, we must not uh, only focus on the sadness and the sorrow of the dead, but we have to focus on the will of the dead and to lift out that will ourselves. Now this way, we are not disrespecting the dead. We are continuing the unfinished uh, business of the dead, of the heroic dead, because um, it is only when we live out that will, and their spirit will be with us. And then that will give, me, give us more chance for having freedom and democracy ourselves while we're still living. So how do you think this type of uh, lifted spirit can relate to you know, our, some of our audience, mostly in United States? I think uh, freedom is kind of like air nice, pure oxygen, um, you don't realize that their existence, uh, unless, unless uh, they start to disappear, <laughs> like some foul smell coming in. Say, what's that? No, I can't breathe properly. Yeah, that's when you realize. And uh, United States, of course, one of the freest country in the world, but we must prepare, we must be prepared to to um, um, that this kind of freedom will not last forever because you know the opposition is an ever-expanding uh, power. Look at what happened to Ukraine, right? The Russians, it's like the mainland Chinese Communist Party, is an ever-expanding system that said that it will come to your doorstep if you are lazy, if you're not watchful of your own government if you choose to not defend, all right, and it will infiltrate your system. So I think, I think, uh, uh, yes, being an American, I'm not from Xinjiang. I'm not from uh, Tibet. I'm not even from Hong Kong. Why should I care? I think it's important to care because we are in this together, fighting this ever-expanding system that will eventually collapse our system. So please care, please join the fight for freedom and democracy uh, when you still can. And uh, how does Sang Pu think of this? CCP 
is the same ever since its birth. Okay. Uh, what has been different is the perceptions towards CCP, as I said. So we need to be making sure that it is not just the massacre that we need to commemorate. It is the the reality of the CCP we need to face. Don't think that CCP is a normal country, same as the other countries in the whole world. It is created with the objective to be a, an emperor, okay, the king of the whole world. Okay? They want to rule the whole world and to make sure that the whole world follow the CCP order. It is not a good player of the international society. And whatever you pray for it, whatever you want to change it, you want to engage with CCP and make sure that okay, through the cooperation, alignment, and also uh, the, all these kind of things, it will not be changing anything. When the American society, like the Secretary of the States, uh, Anthony Blinken, has said that we need to have three pillars, we have invest in America and also align and also um, compete. I agree that we need to buy time to decouple from the CCP, decouple from, from China. I think we need to buy time. That's correct because uh, the whole world, like the Wall Street gang and also the whole world has been in the CCP uh, supply chain for a long time. But the point is, it's not just compete. We need to see CCP as, a, as an evil regime. Okay, When we see it clear, we need to have clear-cut strategy and step-by-step step to decouple the free world from the CCP regime from China and to make sure that the China will be weakening and also have a downfall by itself. Sangpo also man, uh, reminded the United States and the Western world about the danger of CCP's infiltration. We also need to uh, be aware of the continuous infiltration and uh, warfare okay, through different means, economic, okay, humanitarian, and even cultural against different countries like in Canada, like in America, like in Australia, like in the UK. They have played a very hard ball game on all these things. They do not, we do not regard this as soft power. These are sharp power against these countries. We need to be alert. The price of freedom is being alerted to threats from the totalitarian regime. And the secret of freedom is courage. So we need to play smart and also live a life that is always having this self-alarm system on to make sure that this will not be um, damaging our life. Of course, we will keep our lifestyle as happy as we can, but we also need to be protective against these uh, infiltration. We need to be knowing okay, that uh, CCP will play all the tricks and games in different countries because it's a total war against the whole world, making sure that everyone will be the slaves of this regime. Okay? And you think that I'm talking sounding too high, they are not so evil. Then when you look back in the history of CCP, that is, massacre is only one of the uh, signs that CCP shows its evilness. There are so many. Okay, So Hong Kongers, we need to fight for free Hong Kong. And Taiwanese, of course, has a free and also independent Taiwan. 
But the point, point is we need to stand firm against the military and also total warfare threats against Taiwan from CCP. So let's help ourselves together. We need to align not with CCP, but align with the free world. Okay, align with the free world to make sure that we have a united front and united bloc and united force against the CCP regime and make sure that this CCP regime will go to demise. Okay, this is the, uh, the thing that I want to say and wish everyone uh, the best and also to uh, commemorate this um, June 4th Muscat event on June 4th and use own way to uh, send your wishes and prayers to those who are in heaven and for those who are still the mothers of those who are still in heaven and wish them all good luck and best wishes. Wow. So, yeah, what do you think? Let's go over some, uh, some comments. I see a, a lot of comments from you guys. And uh, Luis, uh, you wrote that uh, what the Chinese don't understand is CCP is the minority. Just like the liberal and the deep state and the corrupt elites that run our nation, <coughs> our country. Hopefully, this November, America will be a shining example of freedom. Okay, yeah, well said. And um, so, Patrick, you asked that, uh, so are Chinese Americans commemorating June 4th in any significant way here, Kathy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they are actually uh, around the world, actually uh, estimated about 27 cities are holding the commemorating uh, events. So including in San Francisco here where, you know, we live here. And right now, I think at this moment, they are holding this candlelight vigil, which uh, the local Chinese Americans, including some of them were the students on Tiananmen Square. Okay, they exiled to here and they are in different professions in the Bay Area right now, but every year they will come to San Francisco, uh, Chinatown. There's a park called the Postmo Square. In, the, in this park, there is a, a Liberty, a Statute of Liberty, mm -hmm. which was a, a mini version. mini version of the Liberty on the Tiananmen Square. So this Monday, they did a clean of this uh, statute, that's what they always do annually. And then tonight, they are holding the candlelight vigil. And also tomorrow in Southern California, there is a Liberty Park. I reported on that before, if you remember. Um, these, this park was uh, created by Chinese Americans trying to remind, they put, a, uh, put up a lot of the statutes mostly are related to June 4th massacre. And uh, they commemorate, you know, they're trying to remind people using the artwork. So tomorrow they're gonna, you know, they put up a new uh, memorial, like, uh, you know, they put on the victims of the ma massacre. Mm -hmm. Right now they have uh, two, 203 names of the students who lost their life mm. during the massacre. So they, will, they already put their names on this um, memorial and they will read out their names and introduce one by one of these um, fallen heroes. And uh, in the meanwhile, they will also, um, it's, it's also a celebration of uh, installing a CCP virus statute 
remember a few months ago, mm-hmm. the uh, FBI yeah. actually caught some uh, CCP spies yeah, who, who destroyed, sabotaged yeah. the CCP virus in the Liberty Park. So they did it, the artist did it again. They will have a celebration uh, event tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. Also, then in New York, as I know, New York, Chinese Americans, they are holding various events to commemorate, uh, commemorating mm-hmm. this 33rd anniversary. Yeah. yeah. And Katie Hawk, uh, Katie, are, are, you from, are you from Hong Kong? I, think I somehow got this uh, idea, okay, or oh, impression that it came from no. Hong Kong. And <laughs> anyway, you, you wrote that, uh, you know, they were so beautiful, peaceful, loving, kind, and we must remember, right? Just, you know, and um, yeah, the, the guest's voice, are so calm, right, and so peaceful, so rational, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, really move, you know, just move our heart. And um, and I think for you know Hong Kong people, what they they came from a long way, right? Initially, they helped to in rescue some of the student leaders on the Tiananmen Square, help them to escape the Chinese Communist Party's persecution, help them to get to Hong Kong and to get to United States or uh, other countries. And then they hold, they've been holding this candlelight vigil year after year. But since, to, especially 2013, then 2019, they really feel how this type of massacre actually came to Hong Kong. And uh, this year, like you have heard, they said, you know, this type of massacre, it's just only one incident to show the true color of the CCP. And they wanted to alert, they wanted to remind Americans and uh, other people around the world what the true nature of CCP and uh, be truly be alert. Uh, we could lose the freedom to the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they really come from a long way, and they using their own experience, you know, to and the lessons to alarm, to give us the alarm. Yeah, and um, yeah, and also here, um, not for Hong Kong. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, sorry for yeah, remember it wrong. And out on the limb, and you wrote that uh, all governors. A few years back, were warned that they are that they were possibly being compromised by doing shady business with the CCP. Yes. Yeah, they actually the Chinese Communist Party. I think mostly through the consulate, they compiled a list of the fifty governors in the mm. United States, and the, each of them as assigned to a category. Mm-hmm. In a category, pro-China, uh, maybe kind of a centrist in regards to China and anti-CCP. And uh, they did an analysis to assign those uh, categories, assign them to each categories, and then to, you know, just to infiltrate them or work with them, you know, in different ways according to their status. Mm-hmm. So you are, you know, out on the limb, limb you are, yeah, you are right. And um, so the infiltration is probably uh, more severe than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think at the end of this, what, what I want to share with you is that like to many, many people in China, include, especially those people in Shanghai, okay, um, during the June 4th uh, movement, you, ha- you have to go to the street, you have to go to the Tiananmen Square to get, to get shot at, to get killed. 
But in Shanghai, in the last three months, you just you stay home, and then they broke into your home, mm -hmm. and and you know at at midnight, and they take you out for for this quarantine, and uh, they can do anything to you. Now people realize while CCP is there, it can come to your door, even you do not do anything about it. So this is the same thing that we face here. Okay, if we don't curb them, we do. If we don't resist, if actually, as a matter of fact, if we don't do away with them, they will come to our door. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is that there's another version of communism in this country. Okay, another version, same gene, same root, and they are at work too. So good people need to stand up, stand firm, and be vocal and be strong. So that's I, I think that's really why we want to bring you this whole spend one whole hour to bring you this story from ten thousand miles away, and uh, appreciate your being here. You know, spending all this time with us. So remember, the past will prevent. You know, bad things happen from in the future. So right. oh, I just saw Hollis uh, said I linked someone up with the Sound of Hope at a Walmart in Texas a while back. It's an Asian Asian woman. Wow, <laughs> small world. That's great. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, you link someone with the, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Patrick said your guest is so correct. We must. Be forever alert, forever vigilant, lest we lost it all, which honestly seem to be occurring now. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for being with us uh, to commemorate actually this um, you know a massacre where probably thousands of people died, young students in their in their twenties, in their like even teens, nineteen, eighteen, nineteen year old. Um, but the world is not forgetting. We'll we'll remember them. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, for us, you know, June fourth for myself, June fourth. Uh, later on, I just uh, realized it planted the seed for me in me, for me in the you know. Later on, I became a journalist. Yeah, yeah, that's just um, I think everything happened for a reason. So, yeah, it uh, probably will for every one of you. It happens for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, have a great the rest of the night and have a great weekend. Take care. Take care. Be safe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see I you will again. See you again on Monday. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good night. Good night. Is a ballot cast in an envelope better than cast in person? What happens once a ballot is mailed back or dropped in the drop box? The core of our election system is to have ballots correctly reflect the wishes of the voter. Only then can we ensure consent of the governed. Learn how ballots are counted and why it is critically important to cast your ballot in person at a vote center. Search Happy Goose on Rumble and watch illustrated videos. Your vote is important. Make sure it counts.